Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, at middle age or at any age, all of us face problems in our lives, sometimes major diagnosis of cancer in a self or a loved one. A very scary, life-threatening health battle lies ahead. You recently were laid off and the rainy day funds are nearly exhausted. No solid prospects. Your finances are deep in the hole. You spend unwisely and have run up debt and don't have enough uh, money, cash flow coming in to cover all your expenses. Other problems are not so great in the overall scheme of things, but they seem monstrous to you now, and solutions elude you and worry is keeping you up at night. Your teenage son's high school grades are slipping, and he doesn't seem to care. How the heck will he ever get into college? You and a good friend of many years have had a falling out, and you'd like to approach and salvage your friendship, but you haven't a clue on where to start. Or maybe you recently gained 20 pounds and no longer look good in your clothes, and try as you might, the extra weight won't come off. Well, whether large or small worry and frustration over seemingly impossible challenges can rob us of the joy of living and, worse yet, can produce high levels of stress that ultimately rob us of our health and well-being. And we all have problems, but how is it that some folks deal with them so much more efficiently and effectively than others? Those fortunate few seem to bypass all the obstructions and live happy and fulfilling life lives against all odds, while you and I never seem to catch a break. And uh, are there secrets to overcoming uh, problems and living an abundant life that we are unaware of? Well, according to my next guest, master problem solver Eldon Grant, there are, but you won't find them in school. In fact, he informs us that you can learn how to solve every problem in your life with no exceptions, and he can teach you how to do exactly that. Now, when I first saw Eldon Grant's promotional material, I must admit I was less than fully convinced, but since I visited his website and previewed his books, I'm the first to admit that this, uh, his arguments make a lot of sense. In fact, Eldon admits he expects you to be skeptical, but he's prepared to make good on his promise. And he's here today to uh, tell us why we should pay attention to his suggestions. And Eldon Grant is part of the fast-dwindling American cowboy legacy. He grew up in the backwoods of Utah, living a quiet life on a ranch with a deep respect for all life and nature. And he started his first business at age 28, but by the time he was 34, he was about to lose everything of value in his life. And after more than a year of desperate dead-end searching, he stumbled on a wise mentor who taught him how to turn his life, as he calls it, right side up, right side out, and put it back together. And ever since, for the past 25 years, Eldon Grant has sought out the powerful principles used by history's most successful and influential individuals, and he's applied them in his own life and has taught these principles to others through his speaking, business workshops, and writings. 
and he's known as America's Wisdom Mentor. He's author of the three-book Granted Wisdom series, including the book we'll talk about today, Solve Every Problem in Your Life, Secret Ancient Principles Guaranteed to Grant You Wisdom. Hello, Eldon Grant. It's indeed an honor to have you with us here today. Roy, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I'm real happy to be here. Well, to begin, you tell us that just about everything we have learned about success, even from highly educated teachers, is 100% wrong and stops us from solving problems rather than empowering us. How the heck do our educators get it so wrong? That's a brilliant question. Wow. You know, we've, we've created an interesting culture in America. It started when America was first founded. We'll go back to there, I suppose. Um, we very quickly became the most powerful nation that's ever existed in the history of the world. We have to understand why that happened, Roy. And you already understand that. I'm sure that, that you... I. I accomplished what I did in my life because I got to hang around with some amazing people like you and just getting to know you and listening to some of your shows, I've been real impressed by your insights and I've so your audience is really blessed every time you get on the air. Uh, I want them to know that. But uh when we go back to the founding to our founding fathers, they created in our in our uh, constitution and our Bill of Rights, well, even in, in our uh, Declaration of Independence. You know, those are all documents that have proven to be some of the most powerful documents ever written in history, and they really have given us an opportunity. And and, and here's how here's how you tell what's right and what's an illusion. Illusions are illusions because they seem so real. And uh, but contrasted to reality, illusions never create powerful results. No. I love so, how you uh, tell us that the uh, term conventional wisdom that you hear on the media all the time is the ultimate great illusion because there is no such thing. <laughs> what do you mean well, by I, I see what you're saying, that uh, conventional wisdom, as you put it, is where the masses reside. It's simply the way things have always been done. <laughs> Yeah, to either do things the way they've always been done, or to accept the the the, the uh, boy, I lost the word. Anyway, to accept the the customs of the day. Yeah. Uh, the conventional wisdom. You go and just just really look at the definitions of those two words. That's an oxymoron. Yeah. There's no, there's not a trace of wisdom in conventionalism. Yeah. And there's no such thing as, con- as conventionalism and wisdom. It's two completely opposite things. Yeah, you certainly don't uh, explore or learn anything new by just going with convention. <laughs> you got to get out of that box. <laughs> Boy, that is a true story. In fact, getting out of the box, that's, that's not just... Uh, a suggestion that's a that's a directive that really um gives us an idea of where we need to be if we're in fact if we think we're in the same place or if we're trying to be in the same place today as we were yesterday we're in trouble because yeah. now <laughs> now we've wasted a whole lot of resources that we could have had and, and now we're depleting our lives instead of investing and reaping a return on investment yeah you're preaching to the choir there because i know i did that <laughs> for a number of years when 
lost a job that I really prized, and I kept trying to recreate it. <laughs> through. Oh, my goodness. Well, Roy, and I understand that because I lived there most of my life, and it was not till I met this mentor and, and really started to study these people. I really, And what was really interesting, Roy, is that, that uh, at that time, I really had a lot of weaknesses that I thought were strengths, oh, which includes knowledge and, and yeah. several different things. But uh, I also had a lot of strengths that I counted as weaknesses. <laughs> and and it wasn't until I got around some of these people and started to really understand where they come from and why they have been able to accomplish so many things, such unbelievable things, even miracles that they yeah. couldn't have done on their own, yeah. that I, I started to recognize that these these core principles and these uh, laws of the harvest that I learned on the farm and in the cabin, shop when I was young. They really are. Um, that was my strengths that I didn't think were strengths. Yeah. Or those, those, yeah, that was good English, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, that's my backwoods farm boy, you know. Anyway, but uh, but when I started to, to put that all together, I don't know why it took so long. And and as I talk to people around the country, you know, and, and do seminars and, and talks in different places, that's one of the biggest issues that I really um, have been gifted to be able to help people figure out is oh. take those strengths that they really have that they don't even recognize yeah. and and then recognize those weaknesses that they don't really realize are weaknesses and use those strengths to to improve those weaknesses. And all of a sudden, our life begins to turn around and we begin to understand that we are not disadvantaged in any way. In fact, I... I have this challenge to anybody anywhere. You bring me to any audience that has the biggest, the most seemingly impossible problems that they can think of. That, that if they're really trying to, if they really want to solve them, I will show them how to solve them and 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 to prove beyond the question that they are where they are for a reason. And where they are is really an advantage, not a disadvantage. Yeah, well, that's fascinating. You tell us there's a difference between knowledge, and I guess that's what we gain in school, and real wisdom. Can you please explain that difference? Oh, I, I would love that, Roy. Um, and that's that's really kind of the basis of my book. Well, it's, it's one of the foundational cornerstones of yeah. really life. And with that, knowledge is really based on information. It can be memorized and passed from one person to another. Yeah. But when you start to think about it, knowledge is is all um, based on having answers. Yeah. And and I and this was an aha to me that it took many years, and I'll tell you, even after studying these people, because I, I never had anybody explain this to me. Oh. And it was really an aha that I thought, oh my goodness, no wonder we have so many problems. Because knowledge, we are so focused on knowledge, and when we talk about education, and when we talk, in fact, many of these words, knowledge and wisdom and education yeah. and learning and and uh, and teaching, all of those words have been so um uh, so reduced in their definitions today, they don't hold us to the highest standard as they used to because we can't live up to those standards. And so, even to save face, we've changed those definitions. Yeah. So I it's like really the way kinda... you say that, uh, you know, real wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. With all that knowledge out there, you're only wise if you use the knowledge you need to uh, address 
the problem. <laughs> well, and that's, yeah, that's partially true. But wisdom, uh, Roy, even goes far beyond that. Wisdom is, is based in principles. Wisdom is something that cannot be taught to you by another person. Yeah. It's something that you have to discover. Yeah. And it really, I have a, in fact, I have a little map that I created. I think I sent that to you, didn't I? I'm not sure. Uh, um, anyway, but if anybody wants to get on my website and leave me their their email address, I will send them this map. It's really, really powerful and with a couple other things to go with it. Oh. And, um but it explains how we how we it's a natural progression from how we make decisions based on in the beginning based on just instinct and raw emotion yeah. and then we evolve to making decisions on information which is mostly wrong yeah. and then we evolve into making decisions based on knowledge which also is so limited and sporadic and and just little bits and pieces of of yeah. things here and there that that really are true, but because of our perspectives and paradigms, we interpret them incorrectly. So yeah, it's really we pick little pieces out of that vast sea of knowledge out there, and based on our own prejudices and uh, <laughs> what we want to hear. I think. Boy, you're exactly right. Thanks for for mentioning that. That's true. But then. Everybody, sooner or later, everybody notices this big chasm. Now, there's a chasm that is impossible to cross by yourself, and it doesn't matter where you come from, whether you think you were born with a silver spoon or or whether you were uh, born on the opposite end of the spectrum. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody comes to this chasm, and it is impossible to cross without a really wise mentor. Oh. And... And this this chasm separates us from 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 this knowledge, and and to really get across to where we really discover what principles are, and that's where we get into wisdom because wisdom is based in principles; it's not based in information. Um, in fact, I make this. I wrote this quote in my book that says, you know, that uh, eternity is too short to memorize all the information to gain all the knowledge. That's right. Because it keeps going forever. Yeah, and it's exploding tremendously with the internet and technology. (laughs) Yes, it is, exactly. But uh, if... As soon as you begin to really understand and really discover even one principle, it will inadvertently teach you an an eternity of information. And so when you need the information, when you need the knowledge, even if you don't have it in the beginning, you can discover it, and it will be there for you. Uh, as long as so so anyway, then we get to this thing called principles, and and based on these principles, we really begin to understand what intelligence is, which is far beyond the knowledge. Oh. Intelligence is multifaceted. It, it, it covers everything. You can learn one little principle on, in one little area of life, and it has the same application in every area of life. So you begin to compound your, uh, your results and compound your learning, and that really is what leads to wisdom. Yeah. And wisdom is even you, far beyond it, intelligence. Yeah. So you mentioned finding a mentor. The question, where, where should we look for a mentor? How, do we need one that's uh, live and uh, we have face-to-face contact with, or, or can we uh, 
depend upon a mentor, say, that uh, we read about in history or something? How do you, how do you find that mentor or those mentors? Well, uh, and, and that's one of the most uh, oh, billion-dollar questions there ever has been in history. The world today is full of really, really smart people. Yeah. And based on the context for what they've studied, uh, they really are smart people. Uh, Unfortunately, most of them have no clue about wisdom, and so we really have to be careful of the mentors we choose. Yeah. And we need to. And I really broke life down really into into seven core areas, and I created this acronym because I needed to remember it myself. And, and really, all this came because I wanted solutions for my own life. Yeah. I never wanted to write a book. I didn't ever think I was capable of writing a book, but I only wrote the book because it, it demanded to be written. And when I looked for for 20 years and couldn't find it. Uh, I, well, the truth is, the was, only book that's really worthwhile reading, and uh, I'm talking about a nonfiction book, is something that the author has really personally experienced, in my opinion. You know, somebody that uh, theorizes on all these things he, he or she really hasn't experienced, I, I wouldn't pay a quarter to buy that book, I know. <laughs> Boy, you and I t- both. In fact, I got I to gotta regress because you said that. That's really true. Um, when I first started this, when I first started working with his mentor, yeah. he really turned me on to uh, uh, several other people who were some of the wisest and most brilliant thinkers in history. Yeah. And I started studying them. And, you know, I never knew those. I was 35 years old Roy, at this point. I never heard of anything like that before. Yeah. I didn't know there was such thing as professional and personal development. Huh. I didn't know these people had written books and they were available. And so when I got started, then all of a sudden my mind just started going crazy. And I started... Getting, I I gathered up every book, every tape program. You know, it tells my age, right? I listen to cassette tapes, uh, even eight tracks before that. Oh, but, uh, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I started listening and studying everything I could fi- put my hands on, and all of a sudden, after about a year. I had this biggest aha, and I thought, oh, my gosh. And that's when I really started to discover this thing called principles. And I thought, it doesn't matter if a person's written a book or become famous or even written 20 books. It doesn't matter. Most of these people who have written books and are out here teaching seminars really do not understand what wisdom is. (laughs) They are are as lost as we are. And so (laughs) there's a lot of people who think they've crossed the chasm, and they really haven't. In fact, a lot of them know they haven't, but they're trying to put on the facade. It's really really hard. And getting back to your question, how do you find a real mentor? You've got to take these seven core areas of life, and I, I, I called it the specifics of life. Yeah. And I, I joke, you know, that that uh, they spell specific in the dictionary wrong. <laughs> and so I spelled it S-P-E-S-I-S-C. Yeah, and it stands for... Yeah, tell us, tell us what it stands for. Well, it stands for spiritual, physical, emotional, social, intellectual, financial, chronological. And chronological is how we deal with time and events in our yeah. life. And so if we take each one of those areas, and this is what I finally, uh, I vowed that I would never again study anybody's program or anybody's book until I discovered that they really are creating extraordinary to even miraculous results 
in what they teach themselves personally, and they they are personally accountable. That they are so involved in that they really understand from a big picture perspective what makes things work and what makes them. Uh, not work. And I relate it to my experience on the farm, and this is what really brought me back to these core principles, because I learned at a very young age, you know, what makes things live and what makes them die? Yeah. What, what's a waste of our resources and what creates this great return on investment? Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, in your book, you uh, solve every problem in your life. You spell out 16 ancient principles we can use to solve every problem. We don't have time to discuss every one, but let's go over a couple of them. To start, I'm confused. You present both the alpha and omega principle and the omega and alpha principle. And uh, what do these two mean, and what's the difference between the two? You know, I, those are the first two. Well, there's a there's an introduction to my book, and which is really part one, and then that's the beginning of part two. That's chapters one and on two of part yeah. two, and they are really the alpha and omega principle is called the principle of creation. That we every single person is born a creator. You you were born yeah. a creator. Yeah. You will die a creator, and you will create every moment of your life, even when you're asleep. And in between that time, we have a big illusion in the world that that uh, only these creative, artistic kind of people are creative people who can think out of That's not true. You, you are a creator, and you've created the circumstances of your life based yeah. on your past decisions. Yeah, as a, as a prior program, the, our guest talked about innovation is an inside job, and that's so true for every one of us. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't heard it quite that way, but that's true. I like it. Yeah, I'm going to write that down Remember after this. That's good. Thank you. But that's the alpha and omega principle, and that's where I have to start because until we recognize who we really are and what we're capable of, we there's no possible way to maximize our potential. Yeah. Um, the so omega and the alpha. Omega and alpha principle. <laughs> well, the omega and alpha principle is is the you know, every coin has two sides. There's a a, a positive and, ne- and a negative uh, to every magnet. You know, and these these two parts of life. The omega and alpha principle is this principle of recreation. Oh. Now recreation. So, go ahead. No, I just said, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah so, so this principle of recreation is the flip side of the coin of creation. Yeah. That's another word that we've so oh, mutilated. It, it's horrible what we've done to these words because we don't have any idea what recreation is anymore. No. That doesn't mean it can't be really fun and exciting and a diversion, and that's part of what it is. But really when you take that word apart... Recreation. Yeah, that means that's so what much the, more. Yeah, that's what the core of that word is. And so I that's ask the people all the time. The point of recreation is to give us an opportunity to recreate our energy and uh, our positive attitudes and by doing something that we really enjoy doing or just taking time out and uh, from the grind. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you, you, exactly. And when you relate that to some real serious things in life that we're familiar with, like what would happen if we don't sleep at night very well? You know, all of a sudden our brain doesn't function. And if it goes long enough, it will literally kill us if we don't have the right kind of rest and recreation. Because it's our... Yeah. 
That's so very right. true. It's, uh, we've had programs on sleep deprivation also. <laughs> Why that's so oh. bad. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but it starts to affect our brain, it starts to affect our nervous system, it affects everything, and we cannot function well without the proper rest. And why? Because it's not just for physical rest, it's because it gives our brain an opportunity to to recategorize all those experiences of the day and to put them in a in some kind of a library system so that we have access to those experiences when we wake up in a better way than we ever had before. Uh, and you have it, uh, 14 other principles that uh, we don't have time to discuss, but uh, people can go to your website and get a preview of that, uh, of your book, and uh, find out what those principles are. And they're really fascinating. Yes, Some and, of them are so logical fact, when you think about it, but uh, like you say, you know, people... They're secret, and yet they're uh, they're easy to understand. They're not so easy for a lot of us to apply, unfortunately. As you point out, uh, uh, through the ancient highly re- though these ancient problem-solving principles are highly relevant today, you believe in America today. Personal responsibility is on life support, and why do so many of us depend upon others, then demand assistance from Uncle Sam and others in solving our problems? Is the situation hopeless, or do you believe that um, willingness to take personal responsibility can be revived? And if so, how? Well, personal responsibility is the most critical factor of all. If we don't have personal responsibility, and and we've had a habit of not having responsibility, trying to blame others for our problems or trying to do whatever it it takes. There are so many levels of of not being accountable to ourselves and taking that responsibility. That's that's a big character shift. But I promise you that uh, the moment you start to recognize what you're capable of, and that it's only available to you as soon as you become responsible, then all of a sudden your life begins to take on so much more meaning, so much more shape. Uh, Making that transition... Yeah, making that transition is the difficult part. Yeah. But um, I don't know... We, we don't have a lot of time to go into that. That's something that I really go into in some of my seminars. But I, I, I promise you, if if anybody in your audience wants to bring me to an audience in your area, they I will invite them as my guest and and uh, with some other bonuses. But I will show them exactly um, how they can turn any negative they think they have into a positive, solve any problem they will ever face, and and it will bless their lives forever. They will. Uh, part of the name of your show, you know, is uh, middle age can be your best age. Yeah. I love that title. In fact, when when I first heard about you, I thought, wow, what a powerful title. <laughs> I'd love to talk to this guy because you know wherever you are. In fact, this moment of this day, if you're not your best, if you don't believe this is your best age and this is your best time in life, then that's a problem in and of itself that's keeping you from getting what you can have. And I have this. And there's always the if only in life. If only I'd done this or so, et cetera. And then uh, you basically resign to having a less than uh, optimal life going forward because of something, a mistake you made in the past or something. I mean, that's such a worthless exercise or or destructive exercise. uh, 
people. Well, isn't that true? Yeah, isn't that true? I'm glad you understand that. It's it's, it's so fun to talk to you, Russ. <laughs> you have some really wise insights. I, well, let's I talk a little bit audience. about your book, Solve Every Problem in Your Life, The Secret Ancient Principles Guaranteed to Gain You Wisdom. What inspired you to write the book? Well, that goes back to when I was 34 years old. I was I've been self-employed pretty much all my life. Yeah. I uh, but I really woke up one morning and there wasn't the beginnings of my problems, but it was the first time I couldn't ignore them anymore. And I oh. I was so overwhelmed. I was scared to death because I realized I had more problems than I knew how to deal with. And you talked about that in the beginning. And so I decided that I needed to find somebody smarter than me. And, and that was really a big deal because I had this big ego. I thought, you know, if I have to talk to somebody else about my problems, and I, that, that was the most scary thing I could think of. But the short of the story is that I knew if I didn't find somebody smarter than me that things would get worse and I was going to have some consequences that I was not willing to have. Yeah. So I I began just going around to, in my small community. I talked to doctors and attorneys and corporate presidents and, and college counselors and psychologists and everybody I could think of who I thought was better off than me. Yeah. And you well, know, for over... That's such yeah, go ahead. A, key, a key point in life when you decided that you needed to go outside yourself and talk to other people. So so few people are willing to do that, to admit that they don't have all the answers themselves and to uh, humble themselves to ask others for help in their lives. And the, the strange thing is most people are more than willing to give help if you ask for it. They feel honored and uh, they and more than... Uh, are very uh, eager to give advice to people that are seeking it, and that's, that's such a key point you make there. But, uh... Well, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, just to maybe a quick summary, that really gets us back to this thing called wisdom and what wisdom really is. Yeah. Knowledge is all about answers. Wisdom hates answers. Because answers are the end of progression. Yeah, when you think you understand something, it stops you from growing. Yeah. But when, but wisdom is all about asking the right kinds of questions. Yeah. So and wisdom, when when people get so knowledgeable, it's inevitable they become a little arrogant. And even if they're kind people, they they think they have the answers. Nobody ever has all the answers. No. And in fact, I've I've come to a place in today where any time I think I have a, a, a full answer to something, I think that's the most dangerous place to be. And I do. And my next quest is, what is my next best question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that thinks they have all the answers is destined for trouble. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And, 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 and even in existence. yeah, even in one little key area, you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, what, where, should, where should a listener go to um, retain you as a speaker or otherwise contact you and um, also to preview and uh, and purchase your book? What's about, Do you have a website where they can go to, to do that? Or? Yes, my website is, is solveveryproblem.com. My phone number is 704-SOLVE-IT. Oh. That's 704-SOLVE-IT. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, so it's easy to remember. Um my books are on Amazon. My uh, they're they're just about to ship out to all over the place, but uh, they're on Amazon now. Or you can you can find them on my website also at, at uh, 
in the series are now ready as well. There's there's the first three are ready. There's a fourth one that's oh. that I'm just working on that's that's called Reuniting Our Divided States of America. Oh, it's really powerful. That's a, boy, that's the one that needs to be out there today. <laughs> I've been <laughs> seeing so much uh, division and just everything is uh, you, we, we versus them seems like in the media and all and the social media and all this other crap. But uh, well, yeah, that isn't that. That's a sad piece we've built into our culture that's really really sad. It's it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. Well, in conclusion, the most successful and influential men and women of all ages, the ones who created miraculous results and sometimes changed the world, discovered that our universe is run on strict and never-changing principles. That's all uh, some of the uh, messages that Eldon Grant gives us and principles that everyone can understand but no one can violate without strict consequences. And uh, they discovered the principles of the key to wisdom, and wisdom is the key to actually solving our problems and achieving a life of success on your own terms and joy in life. And as a society, we uh, believe our amazing technology advances and rapidly expanding databases of knowledge and, you know, the Internet and all this stuff uh, make us wise. And yet the 21st century is seen as much conflict, frustration, and division as any period in history. And the new technology only makes the potential for disaster that much worse and the potential for division. Isn't it time we begin our solve our problems in a better way by turning to ancient principles that have proven successful throughout the ages? And Eldon Grant's ideas make a lot of sense to all of us. And uh, it certainly is possible to solve every problem, but not in the way we've been approaching them. And I highly encourage you to go to Eldon's website. Uh, that's uh, What's that website again? SolveEveryProblem.com. Yeah, that's right. I highly encourage you to go to his website and preview his book, uh, actually three books and soon to be four, and uh, uh, you'll be able to solve every problem, real or imagined, that you face today. And thank you, Eldon. Best of success in getting that message out, because Lord knows we need that message. (laughs) Well, Roy, it's been a real honor for me to be on your show. I'm so blessed to be able to associate with people like you. Thank you so much. Before we close our program today, I'm going to return one more time to the Mayo Clinic August 2017 health letter on staying positive with age, and that age may be 42, 54, or 68. No more obsessing over your current chronological age or your next birthday. Let's respect it. At, at the same time, let's enjoy it. And as uh, on our prior programs, we talked about the importance of a healthy lifestyle, getting plenty of exercise, eating well, not smoking, obviously, limiting alcohol consumption, establishing a healthy sleep routine, and as Mayo puts it, keeping up with regular appointments with your doctor. Of course, they're going to say that they're a health uh, hospital. But in addition to these habits, there are other things that you can do to care for your body and spirit. And the first suggestion applies only to those of you who are caring for someone else, perhaps an elderly parent. And that suggestion is take a periodic break from caregiving. 
Recognize that the role of caregiver has emotional and physical demands. Strive to allow the person you care for to be as independent as possible. It's important to distinguish the things that person can handle alone and the things the person needs you for. This can be good for both of you. And accept help from others. If siblings, neighbors, or family friends offer to assist, please say yes. Don't be too proud to accept help for yourself. Uh, caring for another can be a big job. And also, of course, take advantage of, re- of resources and tools in your community that can help you help your loved one. There's many uh, communities have classes and services for the aged, such as transportation and meal delivery, and that, of course, can ease your load. And please don't compromise your sleep, your time for exercise, or your healthy eating habits trying to do it all. Remember, if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be able to care for that elderly parent who needs you. And now let's talk about suggestions that apply to us all. First of all, take time each day to do something you enjoy. That sounds like a pretty good idea, doesn't it? Schedule hobbies into your day. Uh, Book a block of time for gardening if you like that. Uh, That's not my uh, style, but a lot of people are great at that. I don't have a green thumb. Schedule a meeting with your favorite book in a sunny spot. I love to do that. Get up early and uh, make a trail hike or a yoga class. The first thing you do rather than the last. And time spent doing the things you love isn't wasted time. It allows you to recharge your batteries and then attend to your responsibilities with new energy and vigor. Another suggestion, pamper yourself. Treat yourself to a massage, manicure, or bubble bath. Escape to a local concert or theater show. Meet a friend for a cup of coffee. And this is mostly for you women. Buy a new pair of earrings, although I guess some men wear earrings. The men maybe can get by with just one earring. Uh, Next, take care of your spirit. This is so important. This is different for everyone, of course. For some uh, believers, it takes a form of religious observance, prayer, meditation, or belief in a higher power. Uh, For others, it's found in nature, music, art, or a secular community. And staying connected to your inner spirit and the lives of those around you can enhance your quality of life, both mentally and physically. We all know that. Your personal concept of spirituality may change with your age and life experience, but it always forms the basis of your well-being, helps you cope with stressors, large and small, and affirms your purpose in life. And we all have a purpose. Another suggestion, stay curious. Try new things as you age. Take a class at your local art or pottery studio. Make time for these. Or look into adult or continuing education classes in your area. Traveling is another great way to expand your horizons and gain new perspective. If you can't afford to or you don't have time to take a trip right now, at least consider a reservation at the new ethnic restaurant in your town. Here's a good one. Laugh. Laugh loud and often. It really is the best medicine. Uh, I'm sure you've experienced that when you were down and you started laughing about something. You couldn't stay down for long. Be silly with your grandkids, nieces, or nephews. Spend time with friends who keep you giggling. I have a few of those. Try to let go of any guilt that you feel when you take time for yourself because, by golly, it's not selfish or lazy to priority uh, to prioritize things you enjoy rather than letting 
external events and responsibilities manage you. It's taking care of yourself, and it should be part of your day. And finally, and we talked about this in our opens formula as the O, practice optimism. Think positively and find solutions and silver linings while refraining from letting hard times affect all aspects of your life. Remember the secret and the power of positive thinking. There's still a lot of truth in that. The ultimate objective, the new you, the choices you make now can help transform your health, your relationships, and your life for decades to come. So make wise, strong choices now. As we say often on our program, it's time to stop sleepwalking through life. Wake up to life. Set your expectations high. Your expectations are a powerful tool. Use them to carve out the life you really want. It's never too late uh, to turn out some of your best work. And uh, that's, of course, the message that we continue making in my book. And please don't forget the Comprehensive Guideline to Middle Age Renewal. That's my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. It's all about how you stop sleepwalking through life, define your a positive purpose for the rest of your life, and then wake up to the joy of going after your potential and achieving it. And you can find our book at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or on our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And that's our program for today. Have a great week, and remember, middle age can be your best age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 